<laughs> I can't promise y'all the same. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, it is now that we come before your presence, Lord God, to just intentionally share time with you. Yes. Father, we come seeking your face, O oh God, that you would speak a true word to us today, tonight, Father God, that you would bless our hearts, Lord God, in a way that only you can. Father, we stand in receipt of your word, Lord God, good, declaring to be good ground for the seed of the word. Father, that as we go forth with the word that's been planted tonight, Lord God, it will cause change. It will affect the world in a way that you have sent us out to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good to see y'all tonight. <laughs> and as some people say, it's good to be seen. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, excuse me. Tonight, um, I'm going to speak from a subject that was birthed some time ago as a result of a song. And um, the subject tonight will be make room for God. And um, that came, um, like I said, that came uh, birthed out of a song because as we have sat all of 2021 and previous years and the words that have been released in this house uh, alone um, have been words that are life-changing words. Um, these are words that have uh, the purpose of building us up and making us stronger, taking us deeper into our relationship with God. Um, even now, pastors saying that we need to be more spiritual. And with that, when I look around, and I'm just gonna just talk about me, is that when I look around in my own life and you know, based on the messages, messages that I've heard, um, I'm, I'm sometimes questioning God. Not in a bad way, but in an information way. Um, it's like, Lord, with the word that's been released and you know my heart, why am I still here in this place with uh, the abundance of your word, what your word promises me? Why am I still here? I'm not complaining. I just want to know why I'm still here. Because um, as we walk out this walk, you know, truly uh, any good believer, when you hear a word and you get the revelation of that word, you want to grow from that word. You don't want to stay in the same position. You want to keep increasing, 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 because that's what God is all about, increasing. So as I asked this question and I was listening to this song, you know, to be honest with you, when I first heard the song, it was the song itself that was just very attractive and so forth. But the more I listened to the song, when I decided, listen, I need to pay attention to the words in this song, you know, because I don't want to I don't want to get just caught up in music, you know, because music could take you up and the minute the song is gone, you go right back down. So I want to grab hold of something that as I rise up with it, I stay up and continue to go up rather than just come right back down. So this song was put out by a young man named Jonathan McReynolds. It says, make room. And just for the sake of, um, I don't know if everybody's heard it. I probably have. But I'm just going to read some of the lyrics in it and so forth. And he starts out saying, I find, I find space for what I treasure. I got to stop that just for a minute. I find space for what I treasure. And then he says, I make time for what I want. He says, I choose my priorities, and Jesus, you're my number one. <laughs> Need to marinate on that a little bit. Because um, <laughs> um, when you think about what the words are saying, when you personalize that for you, you make time for what you treasure. He just spoke it. You make time for what you treasure. So as we look at what we have, the things that we made time for, what are you treasuring? What are you treasuring? What's really important to you? You know, and as, as Christopher was speaking about giving, We honestly, we give the way we want to give. Sometimes we're motivated, motivated by a message that will cause us or maybe hopefully encourage us to give a certain way according to the way the word says. And sometimes we are more focused on the outgoing expenses. And we begin to manage that money not giving according to the way the word tells us to give. 
therefore causing us to not actually be walking by faith. We're walking by existence. The things that we can see, the things that we feel like we can manage and or control. So if your if your income is one thing and you know what your income, whether that's you're on a job or whether you're on uh, you, you, you're a self uh, self-employed person, entrepreneur, what have you, you know pretty much what your income is. You also know what your income is. And there's a lot of times we'll take that and we'll we'll rather than trusting God in the word of God we begin to try and manage that and make it work the way we want to make it work. So in essence, what I'm saying, you're going to hear this a lot tonight, what I'm saying, we are not making room for God. We read the word, we hear the word and all that stuff and what the word says. And but when it comes down to the reality of whatever our circumstances, our situation is, it sometimes, if not all the time, sometimes it's what controls what we do. I just think about um, not only my own personal testimonies, but I think about the man and woman of God of this house who I give honor to. And just listening to their witness, <clears throat> listening to their witness, but not only listening to their witness, now seeing their results. It's like, for me, it's like, man, how can you not do what the word says? I mean, this is not just a story to read about. This is living proof, living people right here telling us about it. And these are our leaders. I mean, as we live life today, whether it be your home life, whether it be your work life, your social life, what have you, you know, there's certain people that come into your life in those different areas and you choose who you're going to follow. Or who you're going to be with. You choose, you make that choice based on what you evaluate those people to be. But, and I'm not saying we don't do this, but this is just the word that was given me. It's like, but when it comes to our man and woman of God, <laughs> we will listen on the front side. We'll amen, we'll hallelujah, we'll do all those things. But when the rubber meets the road, when we're not in their presence, is when the truth comes out. And yet, here is the specific source from God given to us that's before us telling us these things. And we take and, and, and we just kind of like we're very selective about what we take hold of and what we actually apply in our own lives. As I was preparing for this message, I was telling my wife, like, God got to say what he said really has a sense of humor. Because as I try, not try, but as I was really focusing in on this message and just focusing in, because I just, I want God to bathe me in this. It's like one thing after the other just kept coming my way. It's like, I'm just laughing, it's like devil. <laughs> Don't you see I'm busy? <laughs> Why are you bothering me? <laughs> because at the end of the day, at the end of the study, I'm still going to deliver this message. I'm not going to let you throw me off track. Amen. So as the trials came, kept coming, I got stronger. And I got stronger. And I got stronger. Because I was having situations where people would call upon me with different issues in their life. And I'm not talking about one person. I'm talking about several people. It's like, my God, what is it about this week? But as I saw the hand of the enemy, it's like, okay, I got you. I got you. Because you want me to be all distracted with this, get caught up in my flesh, but I refuse. I refuse. What I'm going to do, I'm going to center myself in the word of God. And I'm going to not trust me. I'm not going to rely on, I'm not going to rely on me. I'm going to say what your word says. And that's that. So, 
So as I, I don't, I don't want to read all this because y'all can see Jonathan Reynolds, his lyrics just go on and on and on. I just highlighted a few just to point out, you know, we need to understand that we do make time for what we treasure. We do. On our best spiritual day, we still make time for what we treasure. And the problem is sometimes we don't really know what we truly treasure. Because the things that we get involved in, the things we say, the things we do sometimes are the truth of what we actually treasure. But when we, if you have a conversation one-on-one with somebody, you can't explain that to them. In fact, sometimes we'll go in denial about it. I don't treasure that. No, that, that ain't that important to me. I can do without that. But yet, people will find you doing that. All right. Since I done gave y'all the preview, let's get at it. Now, we're going to start in Genesis, but I want to say this um, in, in chapter one. But um, we know, or I hope we know, no, we know that in Genesis 1, 1 through 25 was the creation going on, taking place and so forth. All except for man. God was creating everything else except for man. One through 25. But then we're going to go to 26 to 28. And this is what God made for us, according to this, this text. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God did that for us. God did something amazing that, I um, can't speak for y'all, but I can speak for myself, that it took me some time to really understand the depth of what was just said in that text. God created a rich and perfect place for man. And as my brother Elder Baker was speaking last Wednesday, and he talked about you are worth more than you think. If you lay that aside of understanding what God created for us, this tells you why you're worth more than you think. God could have allowed man to exist in a barren land. But he didn't. He put him in a land that was rich. Had everything that man needed. He made room for man. <laughs> wow. And God loved his creation so much, he didn't make just any kind of room for man. I just want to kind of just kind of wash y'all down with that a little bit, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as you meditate on it, as you think about it more, if you haven't gotten there yet, you're going to get to a place of understanding revelation that shows you how valuable you truly are. Despite whatever your life is yielding right now, your value is way more, way more than any circumstance that happened in your life, is happening in your life, that may happen in your life. Your life is worth that much to God. Let's go quickly to John 14. We're going to do one through three. And this is what Jesus is doing for us. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
I go to prepare a place for you. And not only do I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare, to, to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I don't, who, who caught the message with Pastor Priest last night? As I was meditating on this, and he began to speak, he said something just commanded my attention. He said, he referenced Adam back in the garden, or pre-Adam pre in the garden. And, and he made the point about Adam was not created until the latter end of creation. And he purposed a question. He said, now why did God create him then and not in the beginning? Because he was preparing a place for Adam. Like, what did you say? Never thought about that. I just saw the chronological order as the Bible releases it of the creation. And since, when you think about it, since Adam was the man that God created and Adam was the man that God put over the garden, why not start him out with it so he just kind of go along with the whole thing? God want to make his work easy. He want to make Adam's work easy. All you got to do is take care of what I created. You don't have to create anything. Just take care of it. The same message in that is the same message for us right now today. We don't have to create anything. It's already done. All we have to do is take care of it. <laughs> wow. I'm running kind of quickly because it's something I want to get to. Go to 2 Kings 4. It's a little more scripture here, but we'll be all right. We're going to do four, and we're going to do verses 8 through 17. And I'm going to try to speed read without tying my tongue up here. No, I got to get to where I'm going. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is what happens when you make room for God. All right? Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable... There was a rich woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there and eat some food. And she said to her husband, look, now, I know this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. She made room for him. She wanted him to come. She told her husband, this is a holy man of God. And she wanted a holy man of God in their presence. Okay. All right. Okay. And it happened one day that it happened one day when he came there and he turned into the upper room, his room. And lay down there. Then he said to, to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. <clears throat> when, she, when he had called her, she stood before him. And he, said, and he said to him, he's talking to Gehazi, say to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the command of the army? She said, she answered, I dwell among my own people. No, don't need to talk to them for me. <laughs> so, so he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. 
When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. You got to see the pieces of this as it comes together. She was in the right position to see him coming and going. And as he was coming and going, she invited him to her house. Come sit, come eat. And as he's there, she begins to talk to her husband and saying, this is truly a man of God, a holy man of God. Let us make some space in our place for him so he can rest here. Now, notice the scripture doesn't say anything about him asking for anything. This was not two strangers as he passed by and they just had conversation and he asked for something to eat or a place to stay. But she began immediately making room for him because she wanted him, this holy man of God, in their presence. And as a result of her making that move, making room for him, she was tremendously blessed with a son, something apparently she didn't think she could have. Because she made room for him. And as you go further down in the story, we understand or we, we recall that her son did die. But then what did she do? She picked up her, had her son picked up and went to the man of God. And what happened? The man of God brought her son back. Why is that important? When you make room for God, we must always understand, as you make room for God, he will never leave you. No matter what the circumstances are, he will never leave you. Because there's, a, there's times in our lives, I can speak from my own testimony, I'm sure you all have testimonies as well. There's times in my life when I've been blessed with something and then all of a sudden, at some point, it felt like I was cursed. And in your mind, in my mind, is how can I be blessed and cursed at the same time? But just like this last few days, it's like, I could have seen that, thank God for the growth, as a blessing and a curse. I'm like, I'm spending this time in the Word with the Lord, and we're getting closer, we're getting deeper, I'm getting revelation and so forth. But then things are starting to come at me. It's like, no, <laughs> I've been down this road before. <laughs> I know how this ends. So I'm stressing about it. In fact, I'm going to make use of this. I'm going to make room for God to come in because you see the, the, the problem and the trick that we fall prey to is when these things come upon our life, we get distracted and then we decide that we've got to manage and we got to handle it. Rather than depending and leaning on the very one who keeps you, who provides for you, who protects you. Who has your answer? You ever been in the midst of a situation and you're praying to God and you, you want to hear from God, you want to hear from God and it just sounds like nothing's coming, nothing's happening. And when you sit still long enough intentionally because you make up in your mind, I'm not letting go until you answer me. Then your answer comes. <laughs> this woman saw something good and this woman made up her mind she wasn't letting that go getting by she was going to make room now Mark 10 and it begins very familiar text but let's, let's see God for a new or a different revelation. This is what happens when you don't make room for God. 
Now as he was going out on the road, one came running to him, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to that I may inherit eternal life? I need y'all to visualize that, that occurrence. <laughs> because that, to me, is how a lot of Christians function today. We run to the man and woman of God, asking them for an answer of something that we deem important. And as we approach them, it would appear that we are very sincere, very serious, and we want to know what they have to say to bring about change, to bring an answer, whatever it is that we're seeking them for. But when they speak the truth of what you need to do, So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I kept from my youth. I'm already doing these things. I'm already doing those activities, those religious activities, I'm already doing that. I pray, I tithe, I come to church. I'm doing those things. And then when the man of God says, yeah, but you need to stop doing this, or you need to get rid of that, or you need to let him or her go. Then we start acting just like the rich young ruler. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, uh-oh, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come take up your cross and follow me. I do what? I got to sell myself? And not only sell myself, I got to give to the poor now? And then I got to take up a cross and follow you? All I want to do is get into the kingdom, eternal life. I didn't come ask you to tell me about getting rid of my stuff. I like my stuff. So much so that 22 says, but he was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. As I read this for, I don't know, the umpteen time and so forth, and as many times in my life as I heard this scripture, and maybe you got this revelation already, I just got it today. This man comes running to Jesus, want to know what must he do to have eternal life. And I believe, it's my personal belief, can't prove it out, Little did he know he was asking for the best thing he could have ever asked for. In spite of the things he already had. But because of his not really willing to make room for Jesus. Because of the stuff he already had. This man made, I believe, an unconscious decision. I'm going to just choose to believe that. He made an unconscious decision to give up eternal life for some stuff. Okay. <laughs> I want to paint a picture, and I pray it gives you the revelation it gave me. As we read Genesis and what God created and what He gave man to have dominion over all this, all the earth and everything. We, we hopefully understand now really how important and how valuable we are to God. And God has given us so much and he still has available to us so much, so many things even that we can have that's already ours. We just, we just have to take it. We have to believe in, in faith and take it. 
But what, we, what tends to happen as believers, depending on where you are spiritually or your understanding of the word, what tends to happen is we take on kind of a, this word just comes out and Christopher said it, we take on a hoarding mentality. It's like the word of God says I have all this stuff available to me, but my hoarding mentality causes me to just want to get a box. And I want to fit everything I can into this box. Because I know I have a lot available to me, but if I could just fill up this box. And what this box does, this box mentality does is, one, the first thing it does, it does not make room for God. Because we try to pack everything we can in this box. And then what this box also does, it begins to create barriers and limitations. And as this box gets full and we close it up because we got all this stuff in here, we can no longer get anything else in here. And most of the things that we're going to put in this box have nothing to do with God at all. This box is full of soul stuff. And as the word of God is being released in our lives, much like the, the rich young ruler, it's like all of a sudden we have attached a value to these things in this box and they become our treasures. And when God tells us to take some of that stuff out of the box, we refuse or we struggle with it because it's things that we have gained. It's not what God has given us. It's what we've gained. And we attach a value to that. And then, <laughs> then we get really clever sometimes, and we're trying to live this, this righteous church life, especially before people. And when we're hearing this word, we know our box is full, and it can't really take on anything else. And then we, we're struggling to realize, like, well, it's full of the wrong stuff anyway. But no, we're going to hold on to that. So, but I've got to figure this out. And much like the young ruler, he, he wasn't going to give up nothing. But we, you know, in modern day times, we've gotten smarter. We got slicker. So what we'll do. <laughs> we get an overflow. <laughs> so we can get more stuff. And the sad reality is God ain't in there. He ain't in here. And then when it comes to our actual lifestyle, because we want to often give out, we want to always get off that appearance that, boy, we live in righteous. We are following the words of God, the commands of God, just like the rich young ruler who said, yeah, I kept them all my life. So. We do this. We cover ourselves up with stuff to make it look like we are honoring God in the way we're living. And even though this is kind of a somewhat simulation of it, but, the, but what happens is we start with one layer, but before you know it, close off, can't see nothing, don't know where we're going, and all things. Covering up, not making room for God. And see, the truth of the matter is, it don't require any of this stuff for God. None of it. It just requires you making room in your life for God. So that he can give you the things that he wants you to have. And as God gives you things that he wants you to have, like we're really learning now, it ain't all about you anyway. It's not really about how much stuff you can gather. We should have the mindset that we have so much that we have to give it away. <laughs> A note. Never let anything or anyone be more important than God. Never let anything or anyone 
be more important than God. Why is this important? Because it is, but... (laughs) When you begin to allow things or people to become more important than God, it creates this, um, this disconnect between you and God. And not only will you not honor the word of God in, in your lifestyle, you will be denied some stuff. What I have learned in my lifetime and continue to learn um, is that when we live in a box or we live in a bag or we cover ourselves up, whatever it is that we do, um, we become ineffective in the word of God. And this is what's been on my heart heavy lately with different situations is that we do these things and we don't make room for God. And when the word tells us to do specific things, we don't, we won't, we won't like forgiveness. One of the most difficult things to do when you're not directly connected and open, giving God room in your life for forgiveness. And we will take situations in our lives and we will build them up. We will, we will memorialize them. We'll make statues out of them as, as some sort of representation of my life as to why I can't forgive. When the word of God tells us to forgive. In these days and times that we live in now, how can we not have a forgiving heart? Scripture even tells us that if you don't forgive your brother, how can God forgive you? But when you feel like you're hurt enough, when you feel like you've taken the last blow and you've made up in your mind, I ain't doing that no more not dealing with that anymore. You become stone on the inside. And failing to see you are actually disobeying God. I have had, like many of you, some really horrific things happen in life. And I know, I'll be transparent, I felt justified. Am I not forgiving somebody and having ill ill feelings towards somebody? I felt justified. And in my slicker times, not intentional, but the reality is in my slicker time, man, I take some of that word and I'll show you why I ain't gonna forgive you. All the time, not realizing or not paying attention or simply don't care, that's not what the word says. And the biggest failure is you are not making room for God in your life. No matter what has happened to you in your life, nothing is greater than what our God, our Jesus Christ went through for us to even have these opportunities. We have to make room for God in our lives. There's too much at stake not to. Don't don't be caught like this. Don't be a cover-up artist. Don't do it. It's not worth the rewards that you get from it. Let's go and seal that in a little bit more. I'll go to Proverbs 3, 5, the Passion Translation. (laughs) 
And this is how we know the difference, whether we're making room for God or not. It's scripture that's been there since we've all been born and then some. It has not changed. It is the same. Very familiar scripture, but let's look at it a little differently in the passion. Trust in the Lord completely. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me I got to trust in the Lord in such a way that I can't have just a little room to hold on to some things? I got to trust in him completely, which means there can't be any room for doubt. There can't be any room for anything but trusting God. And oh, God Almighty. And do not rely on your own opinions. need to read that again because, boy, that was, that was so good to be. Ooh. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. Wow. So, so let me get this right. It's got to be all of him and none of me. Here we go. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. <laughs> you ever meditated, prayed on something, fasted about it and so forth because you're seeking God for a word or for an answer? And you find yourself sometimes either worse off or still not in the right position. <laughs> what that means is we didn't make room for God. We didn't trust him completely. And we were relying on our opinions. y'all read what I read and it says and he will lead you in every decision you make but you notice this is not a separate verse this is not a separate book in the Bible this is all right here it's all together and and and, the, and then it doesn't end with that verse five until it says, and he will lead you in every decision you make. So are the decisions you're making the one God has led you in? Or are the decisions you're making the ones you think are right for you? Are you making feel-good decisions? Or are you making God decisions? We can get into some feel-good. Mm -hmm. Because we go in with wrong motives. We go in with preconceived ideas. We go in with the end in mind, but that's not the end that God has in mind. It's the end that we have in mind. Because we go in with these motives that, listen, I know how I want this to end. And therefore, I'm not making room for God. I'll make some room. But I won't make myself completely open to him. I'll make room until it hurts or until it gets a little uncomfortable. Then that's okay. That, okay, God, I got it from here. I'm going to be honest. 
Men and women of God gave us a word about something in our lives. And I listened very diligently as they were speaking because it made so much sense in the time that we were in at that time. But I didn't follow it to the T. I deviated. Because of what made sense to me at the time. It wasn't like I was just trying to, you know, intentionally disobey what it said. And let me tell y'all something. It didn't work out. It did not work out. I didn't get the expected end that I was looking for. But just like in the good old days when I was growing up, you ain't got to whoop me but once. You better believe I'm going to follow everything you say. And that's the completely in this verse. You got to be completely submitted unto God. Completely. Even with what you, you know you're hearing or you sense you're hearing through the spirit from the word of God. And it just don't like fit based on what you see or what you know. You still have to follow that completely. And not rely on your own opinions because the truth be told, come on, y'all. If it was our opinions, we wouldn't need God. If it was our opinions, it's going to get us what we really wanted. We wouldn't need God. We're just going what we know. But truth be told, when it's our opinion, the hole just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. I was talking to someone, um, and they were telling me about somebody in their life, and um, they were just frustrated with this person. Because this person is near and dear to their heart. This person just kept lying to them. Just keeps lying, even in their face, just lying to them. And it just was frustrating them even more by why are you lying so much? Why are you lying? And then as I listened, the more I listened, the more agitated the person became. And then the person began to speak some stuff out of their mouth and say, whoa, whoa, I need to stop you. I need to rewind and repeat some of what you're saying because you don't really understand what you're saying, what you're releasing. Because right now you're full of yourself. And you're, you're functioning clearly in the flesh. There's no spirit about what you're doing right now. You need to back that thing up. And get into the spirit of God now and see what God has to say, because the very words that you released out of your mouth is the very, the very damnation that you're speaking on somebody's life that you say you care about. So we got to turn this conversation around. Now, they are lying. They got a lying spirit in them right now. You need to deal with that spiritually. But the words you release out of your mouth to that person right now to be uplifting, upbuilding words because that's what you say you want. That's the kind of outcome you say you want. Speak it. But that's what happens when we're not completely relying on God. And this person, you quote some scripture, man. But I don't care how much scripture you quote. If you're not making room for God, that stuff will come in your life then you begin to speak contrary to what you say you believe. Hmm. After we have, let's review. This is what God has made for us in Genesis. This is what Jesus is doing for us now in John, going to prepare a place. This is what happens when you make room. The Shunammite woman, she made room. This is what happens when we don't make room for God in Mark 10 with the rich young ruler. And in Proverbs, it tells us this is how we know the difference between those. Let's go to Luke 12, 48. And I think I want to do that in a passion. This is what's required to always make room for God. I'm going to show up, turn around here. Woo. 
But the servant who does not know his master's will and unwittingly does what is wrong will be punished less severely. For those who have received a greater revelation from their masters, master are required a greater obedience. And for those who have been entrusted with great responsibility will be held more responsible to their master. You will never know the will of God if you don't make room for him. You'll never be able to do exactly what God wants you to do until you make room for him. And in this, in this making room, this is making relationship with him. This is an intimate relationship. This is not a pass by Sunday, Wednesday, drive by thing. This is an intimate relationship with God that you must have in order to always make room for God. Because if you don't have an intimate relationship with God, then you'll do fine for a while. And then all of a sudden, not so good. And then you get back up on your feet and you're doing OK again. And then it's just, you go up and down this roller coaster all the time because you are not making room for him. You are not spending the time with him that you need to spend. You are not purposing in your heart. I'm going to have a right relationship with him so that I always make room for him. We are in a time now we cannot afford to not make room for him. There is too much hell going on in the world to not make room for God. And if you're not making room for God, guess who you're making room for? This scripture talks about our responsibility. The more you know, the more responsible you are in living a righteous life. As we get revelation from the word of God, that is supposed to build us up. That's supposed to take us to a whole nother level of understanding and living our lives out based on the revelation that we've received. But sometimes we get lazy. Let me put my hand up. Sometimes we get lazy. I'm embarrassed, honestly. I signed up for Bible college and I fell so far behind, it's shameless. And I have been doing some serious conversation with the Lord. Lord, you got to help me. You got to help me. It's great getting in the word on my own, but I'm telling you, when you have something spiritually based and seriously, spiritually sound to build you up, that's where your treasure ought to be. Knowing that every time I get in this word, what it comes out and what I get out of it, like, man, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? It is my responsibility to at all cost, no matter what it takes, to get all that God has for me. Y'all, too. Let me just shake your head for me. <laughs> I know I ain't the only one. And this is not a put down. This is a wake up to say, we got to get up. We've got to refocus and redirect what our true treasures ought to be. So that we can consistently, constantly be making room for God to use us. There's too much work to be done out there. Too much. And when you, you know what? <laughs> when you, when I think about it, and you know, if I'm sure you guys have encountered this in some form or fashion, uh, when I think about like, you know, um, I told this Lacoin story before, but like when you encounter Jehovah Witness, and now it's like, you know, no problem. I got y'all. I got y'all. I know your trick. I got you. But now you get in the more sophisticated ones. And you're getting like, and the one in particular that I, you know, I know of, it's like the Hebrew Israelites. Oh, 
you know, it makes me shake my head, but that ain't enough. That ain't enough. I can shake my head all I want. But you best believe when you encounter them, they're going to engage. They're going to engage. And they're going to pull out some scripture that if you are not building yourself in your most holy faith, if you're not having this intimate relationship with Christ in the word, they're going to cause you to question. They're going to, they're going to throw some stuff at you and going to make you wonder like, hmm. That, that, that sound like it'd be something to that. <laughs> but, but, listen, I've been on this road too long. Too long. To have somebody come in and use the word of God to change the way I think. Too long. My testimony list is too long. It's too long for you to come and convince me, oh, I got to stop living the way I am to live this way. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. I am not interested in a club. Did that. Done that. Ain't going back. Ain't going back to that. But as, as easy and nice as that is to say, if we're not dedicating ourselves, if we're not making room for God on a daily basis, in this group, we can all sit here and say, yeah, amen, all kind of stuff until you get caught by yourself. Ain't no word been preaching here and you out there in the streets where they at. And they shoving this word and they take the Bible. They take the Bible. They use Jesus' name. And try to show you where you living wrong. It is our responsibility to not stay in the same place in our spiritual walk, in our spiritual life. It is our responsibility to constantly be growing higher and higher and higher. It's not so you could just, you know, quote off, I mean, run off scriptures or, and Bible verses and all that. That's great. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But until you make a personal connection with those things that you can memorize and quote, them very, th them very same things that you, you quote will be used against you. And you won't be able to defend it. You'll find yourself teetering and at some point going along, leaving what the word of God has already taught you. Because somebody else is bringing it to you different. We know the word of God says, you know, there's some false doctrines out there. And we have to be prepared for that. We have to constantly be building for that. So that everything that sounds good, we're able to discern, is it good? But more importantly, is this of God? I look back, not to criticize, but to realize. I look back on, on, on time, and, and, I, I, and I recall all these men and women of God that seemed like, man, they were just on top of heaven preaching the word. You know, and all kind of things happening. You know, and, 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 and miracles happening and all this kind of stuff, you know, under the call of their voice. And then you look back, and for one reason or another, they have fallen off. And even some that are now denying Christ. And if you're not careful, if you're not girded up in the Word, you'll find yourself just kind of in the days like, how can that happen? It does. And we have to be in a position to be able to discern. And since we didn't write the Bible, we need to learn the Bible. As I close tonight,
I want to remind you of these words. I find space for what I treasure. I make time for what I want. I choose my priorities. And Jesus, you are my number one. So I will make room for you. I will prepare for two. So you don't feel that you can't live here. Please live in me. My will, you can move that over. My way, you can move that over. My ego, you can move that over. My plans, you can move that over. My schedule, you can move that over. My itinerary, you can move that over. My habits, you can move that over. My attitude, you can move that over. Whatever it is, you can move that over. That's not like you, you can move that over. This comes from making room for God. Where nothing and no one is more important than God. We have to grab hold to that. We have to live on that. That nothing and no one should ever be more important than God. Nothing. I think about it like this. As we understand salvation, as we understand eternal life and where we are bound for. And what that life is going to be. It's like. <clears throat> It is the very reason why we exist. It is the very reason why we're supposed to live in a manner that we're always making room for God. Why lack here when we're headed to this glorious place where there is no lack? Why wait till we get there to have no lack when the lack buster's already been released in our lives. Why not have heaven here and heaven there? Just make room for him. He's done all the work. Just make room for him. Truly allow him to come into your life and to dwell with you. And realize that you can't do any better than that. Just make room for him. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. I'm looking around, see no visitors. But to God be the glory. I pray that we take this word tonight and that as we live out our lives continuously uh, going out into the world that we take this with us. And I take that we all, I know I'm doing it, doing some soul searching. Because, you know, it's nice to feel like and think that you are making room for God in your life. Um, and if you spend the time, you'll find out, much like the rich young ruler, there's some lack in your life. Something that you're missing um, to be successful in making room for God in your life. And I encourage you all to do the same. Um, as we journey on with um, the vision that our pastors have for this house and for this community, it's like, man, we can't go out there lacking. We can't, we can't go out there lacking. We can't go out there trying to tell somebody about the goodness of God and, and they don't see it on us. They don't see it in us. That's like President Donald Trump would say, fake news. It's time to be in a position that, man, when you speak, just like when the Shunammite woman saw Elisha, he didn't tell her, I'm a prophet. She saw the God Holy in him. Spirit. She saw the God in him. And people should see it in us. Tell y'all a secret. There's a difference between being a nice person than being a person that's filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference. 
because a nice person will only want to tell you nice things. But a spirit-filled person will tell you truth. And my truth is, I know some work yet to still be done, to get there. But you know what? I made up in my mind. Hey, if it ain't Jesus, see ya. See ya. See ya. I know what it's like. Y'all know what it's like to have difficulties in your life, situations and struggles in life. Y'all know what it's like. Ain't nobody up in here came in here brand new. You know what it's like. And you know, you know what's funny? It's like when you go through something, and especially if it's something that you've gone through before, and you say to yourself, man, when I get out of this, I ain't going to never be here again. This ain't going to happen to me again. And then the question is, well, what are you doing to make a difference? <laughs> what are you doing to change? Well, you heard it tonight, make room for God. And then your change comes. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Amen.